Hello, and welcome to Partners for Better Communities, the podcast by the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. I'm Douglas Jackson, and today I have Christy Wall and Diana Schwartz with me, and they're from the community of Danville, Virginia. Danville is a Virginia Main Street community, and Grizzly's Hatchet House has been awarded a Merit Award for Outstanding Business. And we're here today to talk with Christy Wall, the owner of the business, and Diana, who is the Executive Director of the River District Association in Danville. Thanks for spending some time with me. Thank you, Douglas. Thank you for having us. So excited to be here. Thank you. Let me start with you, Diana. Why did you nominate this business for this award? Well, there's a lot of reasons, actually. Uh, In the very beginning, when the criteria came out, uh, Christy really met all of them and went above and beyond. Um, She had a very interesting idea to begin with to open a business, but knowing Christy, one business is never enough. And so she decided to open two businesses in one location and therefore created our first entertainment center in the River District. And so um, it, it's novel, it's uh, hatchet throwing, and I, will, I won't go too far into that. I'll let Christy talk more about that. And I think uh, she's an ideal person anyway, but when we had our uh, second or our first round of community business launch, which is another program through DHCD to help entrepreneurs learn what they need to know through boot camps, and then pitch for funding to open their businesses, Christy participated in that. Um, she didn't necessarily need the boot camp, in my opinion. I'll let, you, you know, she can speak to that. But she pitched and was very successful. We actually awarded both of her businesses some funding through that process. And, um, you know, the idea came to life. But she, she took it even a step further and created not only two great businesses with a space in between uh, for people who don't want to do either activity or both activities, a social space that's quickly becoming a third space in our community. So it's so much more than just an entertainment venue. It's a place where you can bring, we've had board meetings there, we've had um, all kinds of functions take place there. And so there's that aspect. It's a very successful business. It's a very uh, fresh idea for several businesses in one. But more than that, Christy has the heart of the community always in the front. Um, When all of this started with the pandemic, she didn't look within and say, what am I going to do? She looked outside and said, what can I do for my community? And immediately sprung into action by creating a small business task force for small businesses in the area. She brought in a food distributor to be able to supply people with things that they were not able to find in the grocery store. And so with Christy, it's, it's not just the business, but so much more. But she is a shining example of a fantastic business because it's a great place. Wow. Wow. Christy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> me, me too. That, that's, ex- that's exactly what we hope businesses do and our best businesses do and our district support and a, and a community support through a business challenge. Uh, this is a fantastic story. But let me start that story with you. Tell me a little bit about your background. I'm going to keep that as short as possible because it it, it is varied. (laughs) Um, I actually went to school for printing production and imaging technology. So basically graphic design in a print facility setting. Um, So I spent the first 
10 years of my career actually in pre-press and printing companies and found very quickly, I loved it, I loved what I did, but I found very quickly that there was a, a ceiling over my head that you know, I really couldn't break out of in that role. So I started my own business basically in 2008 when everything, when the economy crashed. So that did not work out because no one was buying advertising at that time. So that was my first attempt at starting my own business. So I learned a lot during that. Uh, and then I ended up just out of necessity needing a job. I ended up going into a supply chain with a manufacturing company and running their um, inventory and warehouse it, it was funny because I went out into that field simply because I, I had to. I had to have a job, and I ended up loving it. It was math-oriented. Um, I'm very analytical, so I loved that. Um, and then I learned so much because I was a direct report to the, the regional supply chain manager over the Americas, so Colombia, Mexico, and the U.S. Uh, so I was able to learn all about supply chain globally. And so from there... Um, I moved up within the company into uh, customer service, kind of got the cu customer service end of that, the planning end of that. Um, and then the uh, there's a packaging distributor that I actually dealt with quite regularly. He was looking for a business manager. And because I had worked with him for so long, he ended up hiring me on as a business manager and I was able to see the front end of the business, the accounting end of the business, the strategy and everything that came along with that. And he actually had two other companies as well that did real estate development and packaging and warehousing. So really got into logistics and all of that sort of thing. So basically over an, a six-year period, I had gone from the shipping and receiving department all the way through planning, purchasing, all through that and now on the business management end. So I got a tremendous education during that time. And so when I wanted, you know, I've always wanted to start my own business. That was always the end goal. But once I got all of that experience, the River District announced that they were doing this Dream Launch Challenge and giving funding. And I said, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to get an opportunity like this again. Uh, so I'm going to go for it. And went after the fund, I went after funding from every source known to man. <laughs> Literally with, you know, state-backed um, small business loans through the SBA, um, grant funding from the city, and then the, the competition funds, just any anywhere I could, could get funding because I did not have the capital to do this, and I wanted to do it right. I did not want to do it on the cheap, um, and I wanted to create a space, kind of like what she was talking about, a, a sense of place where we were because I knew that wherever I did this, if I just did axe throwing, if I just did an escape room, people would come for that and then they would leave. And then they would not come back until they wanted to do that specific thing again. So I had to create that that third arm, the, the cool lounge, the cool atmosphere that people just wanted to hang out in and use for other things other than that. Just They just want to be there because they, there's energy and there's excitement and there's fun. What did you gain from the business launch? There was so much incredible information with marketing and with um the operational portion of it on the startup side. Um, I had been involved in the running of a business, but the startup side is very different. Um, that first year is, is critical. And making sure that you had the processes in place before you opened um, so that it, it's self-sufficient was huge. 
and why a hatchet house? <laughs> I get that question a lot. <laughs> um, the idea started with just an escape room. We went down to Charleston and I was looking for something fun to do for us. And I'd heard of them and I really didn't know what they were. So I made an appointment for us to do that. And as soon as I walked in and saw it, you know, I, I'm very creative and I, I need an outlet for my creativity. And to me that <laughs> Diana's nodding. <laughs> um, I, I walked in and it was immediately intrigued and I love the business model, the service industry. I've always wanted to do something in, in entertainment. So I liked all of that. And it, as soon as I left, I started researching it. Uh, I absolutely adored it. So in the middle of researching the escape rooms, I started speaking with a lot of escape room owners throughout the, the country. And I had three or four of them say, how much space can you get? How, mu how much space is available to you? You know, are you in an area where it's really expensive? I said, no, actually, I can get a lot of space for not that much money. And uh, they said, you have got to look at axe throwing, you need to add axe throwing. And I had heard of axe throwing and I was immediately kind of taking well, what in the world. So we took a field trip. Um, and went down to Durham and, and trot out an axe ring facility. And I walked out and said, got to do this. Absolutely. Have. Th this is so unique and so cool. It's, it's like, you know, the 2020 version of bowling. And it was just so much fun and engaging and, and funny and, and watching people's reactions to it. I knew that this would complement. It was the same business model as the escape rooms. It would complement it. And then you could also bring that food and beverage into it as well. You mentioned a sense of place, and Diana mentioned the third place, the place it's not home and it's not work, uh, but we can gather together. And then you just mentioned bowling. And in the, the late 90s, uh, Dr. Robert Putnam it, out of Harvard wrote the book Bowling Alone, lamenting the fact that we didn't have the bowling leagues and the civic organization structure was, was rapidly declining. Uh, the, the folks weren't as readily joining civic organizations you just referred to this as the kind of the 21st century bowling league. How do you see that at work in the community? Talk a little bit more about your philosophy for bringing people together. Well, one of my, um, one of the things that I stated right up front when I was putting together my business plan, and I actually stated this in the pitch and to all my employees when we first started, I said, my, my goal here is to get people off their phones and to engage with each other again. Even if they're sitting in the lobby, having a beer, you know, having something to eat, whatever, I, I, I don't want to see people on their phones because we're not doing our job if that's the case. So in the lobby, I've got board games, I've got Scrabble, I've got Jenga, you know, I've got all these things to do that it makes it difficult to just sit there on your phone and not engage with the person next to you. Um, so, and, and I think we've accomplished that. Um, I, my, my favorite thing is to come in on a Saturday night when we're absolutely packed and I'm looking around and all I see is people talking and laughing. And the only time I see a phone is when someone takes a selfie with the bear <laughs> or, or takes a picture at the end, you know, when they're done throwing. They're very rarely on their phone when they're engaging. And I think that's what, what I've missed you know, from growing up and actually seeing the, the advent of the cell phone and everything else is is doing things with your friends and, and not being distracted by technology. And so th that, that I think, is what's, cr what's made it a third place. And, and that is a huge compliment. The fact that you, Diana, that you called it a third place is tremendous because that, that was my goal. 
um, that, that that's the place that, that people want to go and just spend time and and meet new people as well. Not just come and stay with your group, but we created a space that encourages movement and flow. You don't sit in one place. You, you come in and you move from area to area. We've created, you know, different little seating areas. So it, so it encourages that movement. And we're actually working on building out a patio now. So now we've gotten an even further extension of that where people can go outside and play cornhole, maybe have music on the deck. So it, it just really, we, we wanted to have everything under one roof to where no matter what age you are, no matter what, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter because there's going to be something there for you that you're going to enjoy doing. And Diana, why is this important for the district? For so many reasons, it's important that we have people that are invested in creating these types of spaces. Um, it's very important to allow for more activities for not only the local population, which is extremely important, but also regionally. You know, it's a draw. It brings people into the district. Christie actually is located, um, I, w- I would call it off the beaten path, although it's in the district, it's on the edge of our district, and it's in an area where you wouldn't typically associate with a lot of uh, foot traffic, a lot of activity. And so it's bringing people to the other side of the district. And I think the other great thing about what Christie has done is it really opens up people's eyes and their minds to the possibilities. You know, um, when, when Christie first pitched this idea, uh, there, there, there was, quite frankly, people going, that doesn't sound safe. You're gonna let people drink and throw axes? This doesn't sound like a good idea. And, you know, that actually that novelty in and of itself also drew a lot of curiosity seekers down to the district that wouldn't have otherwise been there. But really, I think it encourages people to know that, especially because it's been so successful, to say, we can do different things here in Danville. We can bring new ideas to the community that will work. It doesn't have to be, you know... Um, uh, something that's, you know, small city or small town specific. We can bring ideas from larger places like Raleigh and Durham and Greensboro and Richmond to Danville, and they can be successful here too. And so there, there are so many levels why this was important and such a great contribution to the River District. There's the, the levels just continue to build. And not only that, Christy, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to continue getting funding both this year and next year to continue with our Dream Launch Challenge. And Christy has agreed to sit on the committee with us this year uh, to be able to give her expertise, her viewpoint, and to what it takes to build a business to our up-and-coming entrepreneurs, pitchers, and uh, eventually new business owners that will be starting soon. Christy, you're also a, gosh, a perfect uh, mentor and guide and coach and encourager and realistic eye for folks who are considering starting a business. And we'll give you a little chance to practice. What are three things that somebody might need to dig into it? I think... I think the first thing that people tend to do, and and I understand it, and I think it's warranted um, to a certain degree. You know, financially is is your is your biggest stumbling block for most people starting a small business. So they say, okay, this is how much money I have to work with. Um, what can I do with this amount of money? And I think that's a 
if, if people would look at that from a different angle and say, if this, if this was everything I ever wanted, if, if I was to open something that looked like my dream place, what would that look like? And what would that cost? And then, then go try to find the funds to do that. Once you find out what your funds will allow you to do, you can, you can back up and say, I can do this in stages or I can do it. But, but limiting yourself out of the gate, I think you're, you're just, it's just like setting goals. You know, you mentioned my website earlier, um, setting your goals really, really high. You might only reach 60% of that goal, but it's higher than if you had set that bar half as high to begin with. Um, you're always going to exceed your your original expectation. So that would be my first thing: is to don't limit yourself out of the gate. Um, there there are funds places you wouldn't normally look for. Ask for more than you need. Um, you know, go ahead and set that bar high to begin with. Um, the other things that I would mention are don't don't put aside the funding that you're going to need, the cash flow that you're going to need to open. Um, cash flow is king. Uh, no matter how much you plan, you're always going to need more cash to start. Um, I'm very lucky that I'm in a I'm in a service business where I get paid up front and I don't have to wait for payments to come in. So um, I, I knew that I was going to be in a better position when it came to cash flow as far as that goes. But you know, we were open. We didn't know what hours we needed to be open. It was a it was a work in progress. We opened with with more hours than we needed, and that pushed my payroll way out of whack and we did not get that it really reined in until December so November I was really starting to hurt because I just had too much my payroll my overhead expenses were too much and I almost ran into a, a bad situation and um, that that's things that you can't plan for that you just learn as you grow um, and, and as you do it so you've really got to have um, either that cash flow available or a, a backup plan to to fund it if needed. Those are my two biggest things that I can think of. That's ter- that's terrific. I, I appreciate that. And I, I want to ask one final question, and that is uh, if folks are interested in booking a time or going to Grizzly's Hatchet House, uh, where do they get more information? Our website is grizzlieshatchet.com, and grizzlies is spelled with a Y, so it's G-R-I-Z-Z-L-Y-S, hatchet.com. Um, so our website has all our information on there. We're currently we're currently closed um, due to the pandemic, um, so I think we'll be opening in phase three of Virginia. Uh, but that website has all the information. You can book online directly from that site. Um, you can also get a lot of information and see a lot of photos and things like that if you go to our Facebook page. So it's just Grizzly, um, our Grizzlies Hatchet Facebook page. And then, Diana, if folks want to know more about the River District as a whole? Yes, you can visit riverdistrictassociation.com online. You can also visit our Facebook page at Downtown Danville. We would love to invite you in and see all of the wonderful things that Danville has to offer. Of course, start with Grizzly's Hatchet House. And if you're looking for something to do, not just for your friends or your family or for a special events, I highly recommend escape rooms for team building. Um, sometimes we're looking for ways to engage our boards or our coworkers, and actually uh, escape rooms are one of the best ways to do it. You can see how people work together, how they function, how they think, 
and it really it really helps build camaraderie within your groups too so uh, highly recommended come on down if you need if you need any more uh, ideas uh, let us know riverdistrictassociation.com because that's one thing we're full of <laughs> <laughs> christy again congratulations on your award for outstanding business Thank you. I'm honored. And thank you for spending some time with me today. I'm Doug Jackson with the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. And I've been with Christy Wall of Grizzlies Hatchet House and Diana Schwartz of the River District Association in Danville, Virginia.